Hi, I'm Renee Philpott, and this is Selling with Charm. After over 26 years in sales, there's one thing I have learned. Sales is fun. Join me as I help you simplify your sales process, and together we will reach your weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. This week, I have a real treat for you. It is the first interview in my series on Sales Done Right. And this series is meant for me to point out some things about people that I think are doing an excellent job when it comes to sales. And Jenny is one of those people. Now, Jenny is a former reading specialist who retired from teaching when her blogging income far exceeded her salary. Now, Jenny is a content strategist, and she helps entrepreneurs better understand their messaging and unique position in the online space. So there's some things that I love about Jenny, and I'm going to come back at the end and and highlight those for you, but I think they'll come out pretty loud and clear during the interview. And as always, I appreciate you listening. Jenny, good morning. Thank you for being here with me. Um, Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Um, My name is Jenny Melrose. I work with female entrepreneurs that are looking to grow their businesses by creating content marketing, um, as well as social media marketing that needs to go along with the content that you're putting out. So those that are understanding that they need to have blog content in order to get found by their ideal audience, um, as well as then have the social media that's going to back up showing their expertise and getting it in front of their people more and more often. That's great. So as you know, I I wanted you as a guest um, as part of my Self Done Right series, and there's just so much I admire about you. Um, Of course, one of the things is that you are a big believer in narrowing your audience. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. I think we have a tendency, especially as women, as we like to um, have people like us and we feel like we don't want anyone to not like us. So we think we can just talk to everyone and that's going to be ideal and we can solve everyone's problems. But what you need to quickly realize is that when you put out that large of a net, they're not really understanding who you're trying to talk to. So what ends up happening is you have people that will come in and they're not really sure because you're talking about one thing and then you're talking about another thing and then you're talking about another thing. And a lot of people start off this way because we have a lot of different interests. I started off as a lifestyle blogger where I created quick and easy recipes and projects for busy parents. And I would create content One day I'd be talking about a cleaning and the next day I'd be talking about a recipe and the next day I'd be talking about doing a craft or DIY. And what ended up happening is my people that initially found me didn't know what to expect when they came to me. And there wasn't an underlying or even overlying message that I needed to have so they understood why was I doing a clean post? And why was I talking about a recipe or doing um, a DIY? There was never that overarching kind of make it all connected and understand that I was reaching that person so they could have those little moments back with their kids by making their life quick and easy. And once I was able to really hone in on 
who my person was that I was trying to talk to and what my expertise was in, it became so much easier to attract people that were ideally looking for my content and looking to have that help and the time back with their kids, which was what I was ideally trying to create at that time. And that was back all the way back in 2009. So I made my mistakes and figured them out and was able to grow that site. Um, I sold that site in 2019 for six figures. So it was something that I was able to grow and from that learn to then how to help others because I went through the journey of social media before Instagram even existed. So that's, that's very good. So like you're saying, it took you some time, I guess some experimenting maybe to figure out, you know, what you're, um, how to attract that audience. And then I'm, I'm guessing it got a lot easier once you figured that out, got the audience that you really wanted to talk to. Yes. And I think it got easier as I figured out what I truly love to talk about, but what I was really good at. And I could lean into my own areas of expertise. I'm also a former teacher. I taught in the inner city. And because of that, I have a very, now I notice with my coaching business, I attract a lot of teachers because that's how I teach. I teach breaking things down and making it so that you can understand. And because of that, I know that ideally the person I'm trying to attract in my coaching business is a teacher or former teacher. That doesn't mean that there are outliers. There's plenty of outliers. I've even worked with some men. So it's the knowing where you lie and being okay with it. Looking at your own areas of expertise as like, what was your background? What did you come from? What did you used to do that now you're trying to come online and you're going to be able to kind of step into that and pull people because you're going to speak a certain kind of language. I use teacher-like language. I tell them they have homework and I tell them there's action items and I tell them I'm going to break this down into little bite-sized pieces for them. And they hear a fellow teacher. So that helps when I'm trying to attract my people. And others will do the same thing. Former lawyers, those that might have been corporate America, you use certain terms when you're speaking and it pulls and draws people in. They see themselves in you. Oh, you love all you said about that. And I think you're absolutely right. We start out and we can get so discouraged because we feel like everybody needs to love us um, before we're going to be able to do well. There needs to be a lot of people. And to be a lot of people means that everybody <laughs> needs to love us. So uh, I love that how you have pointed that out and that, you know, you really got to take time to figure out what it is that you are good at and, you know, who, who that speaks to. So the second thing that I love about you is that you realize that you're going to have to get kind of along with narrowing down your audience. Even after you do that, you're going to get notes. And so if you could share with us how you feel about a note. Yes. So I feel that when it comes to a no, it's a no right now. It's based on what they're going, what they're ha what's happening in their life or what's happening as far as making that decision to pass over the money or to sign up for your program or whatever it might be. It's not a no forever. I hate you. It's just, it's not something that they can possibly put into their finances at that time. So when it comes to no's for me, I'm looking to get them out of the way. 
I know that sales is a number game, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're selling cars or you're working with coaching clients or you are trying to draw in new yoga clients, whatever it might be, it's all a numbers game. So when I look at 100 people, I know that I'm trying to get 10 yeses from those people. So ideally, I need to get through 90 no's. So each no that I get through, it gets me closer to those yeses. And a lot of times what I have found is, like I said, some of those 90 no's that I get through, those turn around and they're yeses in the end because people don't know that you're out there, that you offer this service, that you are maybe the right fit for them. So when you are reaching out to people, keeping that in mind that you have to get in front of them. They need to learn to be able to trust you and to really have that like, no and trust factor as you move along. And that's why the content marketing and the social media that goes along with it is so important. People don't make decisions after they hear from you one time. They don't normally see you on stage or see you um, listen to a podcast episode and say, you know what? I love her. I'm signing up with her. I'm going to pay her. I'm going to, she's going to be my coach, whatever it might be, or she's going to be my yoga instructor or whatever industry you're in. It takes at least seven to eight times for them to actually then decide that yes, you're their person. I've had people that I have had on my list since 2016. We are now in 2022, 2016, and they just purchased my course. They just weren't at that place yet. They got to know me. They had engagement with me. There was that nurturing that took place with more of the content that I put out there. They listened to my voice in their ear all the time from my own podcast. Um, maybe they've seen me speak at an event pre-COVID, whatever that might look like for them. It grows. You can't expect people to hear you put up one post on Instagram or one post on Facebook and all of a sudden they're like, yep, here's all the money. Let's do this. It takes time to grow. That's really good. So one of the things that I always coach my clients through is building those relationships. So that that is what you're saying is, you know, during the time when it feels like a no, not a no you're building relationship and one thing that you said that made me really think a lot of times if we're the person who has a product or service to sell we think if they're saying no they're saying no to us but there there's some other times when they're saying it's a no because I'm not ready I'm not going to say yes because I'm not ready for that or I can't see how that can help me um and so it's kind of I always look at it like they're not saying yes because they need more information, especially if it's somebody that I see that needs it, that I can see the need, but maybe they don't see it yet. That means there's some more work for me to do. And that kind of brings me to the next thing that I think you're so good with. And I have been on um, working with you. I've been on the receiving end of this. And this is one of the things that I love about you. Um, you are persistent in a way, just like I'm saying, is you see that something you have can, can help. And there is, and so when you reach back out, you can tell that you have done a little research. You're not just, you know, just, it's not just I'm on repeat to call back or to reach out to, but it is, you're always helpful and it's with some relevant information and it makes me feel like, oh, she's paying attention to me, not just 
all of the people who are following her and who may be a yes at some point. And I, I, I love that. I'm a little bit um, curious of a person. So I will do some research and then come back. And I like, I like to connect it for my customer. And I see you do the same thing. So if you want to share a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. When I started doing my coaching business, it was because I retired from teaching um, at 35. I loved teaching, but it had changed very, very much. Um, and when I left, a lot of bloggers said, how did you do that? What were you able to do? And this was back in 2015 at the time. So there was information out there, but there wasn't as much. And because of that, there were people that wanted that information that I had. That was why I created the course. I was speaking a ton at blogging conferences at that time around the country. And I would always go back from the conference and there'd be tons of emails. Well, what do I do if this happens? What do I say if that happens? And that's when I decided to put out my signature course, which I'm best known for, which is Pitch Perfect Pro, um, which really teaches bloggers and influencers how to pitch brands for sponsored content. But what happened along the way with that is I remember what it felt like to not know what to do, to feel like I was wasting my time, to be a mother. When I started my blog, my daughter was my oldest, who is 12, was six months old. So it was very much, I needed something for myself and it started off as a hobby, but then as I started putting more time and effort into it and saw these women making full-time incomes, all I wanted to do was to gather as much information as I possibly could from them. And there are many that I remember meeting at conferences. And it was usually you had to go to a conference to get any sort of information from people and being inspired and having the information at my fingertips. And that's what I wanted to create and be able to do for others. I will do that whether I'm doing a discovery call or whether I'm doing a podcast episode. A lot of people will say to me, don't you feel like you're giving away too much information? No, there's never too much information because everyone is on a different journey. So when you hear people talking about don't give it all away because why would they want your services or why would they want your product? Well, because there's only so much you can write and talk about in a certain amount of time that's going to be relevant to them where they are on their journey. So they can then have that one-on-one -on -one, or they can find the different aspects of your programs that, that you offer to meet them where they are. And like you said, even when I am to do a discovery call or whatever it might be, I do, I like to give feedback because I need you to decide as a potential client, are, am I going to go in the right direction that you need me to go in? I am very clear in a discovery call with people that this is where I think you should go. This is what I would focus on because I see that you have this problem. And I have told people in discovery calls when they have said, well, I see it as, you know, this or that it's, I'm not the right fit. This isn't what it's meant to be. If someone is in agreement with me and says, yes, that's, I can see that. I could definitely do that. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Then it would make sense. Um, I think that that's, what's most important is just letting people be able to see themselves in the solutions that you're going to offer, whether that is content as far as a podcast or a blog post or social media or in your actual programs. So you are obviously a self-starter. You're going to work toward what you want. 
But how did, during the times when it got hard, how did you continue going on? How did you push yourself to say, I'm going to keep going? I don't have, maybe when you were talking about getting your audience right, what made you say, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep going. Oh, that is a tough question to say. I think everybody has their own level of what they can and handle and where they're looking to go. I definitely think that there's a certain personality that needs to be able to be an entrepreneur. It is not all rainbows. I said this to a friend recently that um, had messaged me. And she, I had an article in Forbes and she messaged me and she's like, I'm just so proud of you. You're doing so great. Da, 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 da. And I messed her back and was like, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. I promise. There are so many dips where I doubt myself and I wonder. But then there's also that knowing that if I put out the abundance and knowing that there's enough out there for everyone and my ideal person is out there. And if I just keep putting out that energy, it's going to attract them. It's going to bring them to me. It's going to bring me to um, ideally where I'd like to see my life as far as financially and also within my family. There's always reasons why you start a business. And I think when you focus on your purpose and vision, you can do pretty much anything. Really understanding why it is you are doing what you are doing. And I think if you're not solid on that, it's going to make it difficult because you're going to look at the numbers and you're going to wonder why aren't people buying Instead, if you twisted it, shifted your mindset and made it more about how can I continue to make sure that I help these people to get them from that, that stealth starter phase of believing in themselves or making a full-time income so that they can have more time with their kids, whatever that might look like for your clients and the people that you're trying to attract. That to me is what's key, really understanding that vision. Oh, that's really good. And I think um, to your point, you have to sometimes revisit your vision. Um, when you get, you know, it's, it's hard, you've got to, you've got to go back to that. Okay, why am I doing this? And um, for me, it has always helped to, um, you know, I always will go back to the people who have encouraged me, influencers, or, you know, I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan. So um, I can get in a bad spot and you know just in the head and I can go back and you know listen to those those people that inspired me in the beginning to at least try um because I definitely think you at least got to try before you're going to make it doing what it is so um I'd share a little bit I didn't realize you had was the Forbes article something recently uh you want to share what that was about it was actually kind of funny. Um, we are very much a football family in my house. Um, NFL Red Zone is always on on a Sunday. And it's actually most people know that don't ask the Melroses to go to dinner or to come visit or to do anything because their butt is promptly placed on the couch starting at one o'clock when Red Zone comes on. And at Sports Center is also always on in the background as far as football, whatever it might be. And there was, um, I got an email about a pitch looking for quotes about Tom Brady and how it um, combines with leadership. And I was sitting in front of Sports Center listening to all of the information about possibly that Tom Brady was about to retire before he actually set, announced that he was. Um, and it was talking about, you know, how he is 
goat and has done almost double of what other people have been able to do as far as appearing in playoffs and whatever else. So when this came across, I'm like, there's a reason for this. I'm just going to, and they were asking for a quote to compare what Tom Brady has been able to do in football to what we can learn from it as far as leadership. And that was, and it was the next day I got an email saying, yep, reducing your full quote, three paragraphs, it's in there. So congratulations. Thank you. My husband was actually, he thought it was a joke. He's like, wait, you talked about Tom Brady? What are you talking about? I'm like, yep. <laughs> so I think it's funny that your house always has a sports center on. I have boys, so it is always on here. And and I can always find some example in sports of somebody pushing through, or being persistent, or being uh, a leader or whatever. Um, but you have girls, so for you to have football on, that is a football household. <laughs> yes, yes. We are both, my husband and I are both former college athletes, and I was a two-sport athlete. So when you ask that question before, that's the first thing that did pop in as far as, like, that perseverance it definitely comes from that. Um, I played college basketball and I'm only 5'4". Um, so, yes, <laughs> that's definitely a part of it. I think I think as even as parents and watching my girls now play some sports and do some team activities, it's one of my favorite things because it did. It made me who I am. So I just think you can. That's absolutely true. You can learn so much from watching sports and the way that they become leaders and kind of take on um, that role for others outside of sports oh yeah so I did not play sports in school but when I first started in sales I learned about being competitive and if you tried a little harder when you were instead of practicing maybe studying up and then you got used to that so and then of course now my husband he he was an athlete football player uh and so when we had two boys my life revolved around sports for many years now we're empty nesters um, but they, you know, my uh, oldest son played um, college golf and uh, he still works in the industry, in the golf industry now. And um, my younger son played all the sports and right up through tennis in high school. So it, it, it was such, a, there was always an opportunity to say, try harder next time. They were always humbled pretty quickly if they got, uh, you know, two up on their high horse when they, you know, there was always somebody come along from a neighboring county or whatever that was willing to show them they had to fight for it. So um, there's, I do think there's something to it and it teaches you so much and, you know, there's the teamwork and all of that, but just the, um, just getting up and trying it again too. And that, you know, it really does pay off. So really good. So if you were, um, if, if somebody asks you, what do you think is the best opportunity now for a female entrepreneur who's just looking for something to do, what would you say? Well, my first question would be is where are your interests? What is it that you have expertise, a background in as far as, because I think being an entrepreneur, you have to love what you're doing. So if you go and you do something where you're not really sure that this is what you want, it can be tough to stick it out and go through it. I think sometimes people think I need to, you know, I went to school, I got the degree. These are the things that I need to be. I need to be this. And this is what I'm going to do. I think you have to love what you're going to be talking about or what you're going to be seen as that expert in. And then for me, it's content marketing, really being able to put out the information. It is the one way that you can do marketing for free. And once you continue to build your business, you want to put money behind so 
any sort of ads, Google ads or um, Facebook ads or Instagram, whatever that might look like for you, you can then do that. But I think when you are putting out that free content that people just can find you and are paying attention to what you are talking about, they will often feel like you're talking to them. Because when you create content, you're looking for what are my people, what are my people's problems? What, how can I solve it? And what are they asking? What are they putting into Google and saying, how do I find out about this? How do I make more money? How do I um, lose 10 pounds? Whatever it might be. When you create that content that answers that question, they immediately think you wrote it for them. They have a significant connection with you. So that from there, as you then create that content, then are able to get them onto your email list and really start to um, nurture them and show them that you can help them along the way. It'll build that relationship with them to potentially become a paying client or to buy one of your products or services. Very good. Well, thank you so much. What else would you like to share with us? I would say one of the things um, that I think during the pandemic, I feel like we don't like to talk about it, but it's still stinking here, um, is that there have been a lot of ups and downs. There's been a lot of fear that has come with it, not only for all the crazy political stuff that has happened, but for the actual, what is my life going to look like? Will my business continue to survive? Is this something that it's going to, I'm going to take a hit, I'm going to lose my job, whatever that might look like. I think that what the pandemic has allowed us to do is more and more people understand how to go online. They understand how to do a Zoom meeting. They understand how they're going to rely more on Google. They're using the content that is out there much more often. Um, one of the, during the pandemic, when it had started, I had a conference planned for April of 2020. It shut down in North Carolina um, a week before and two weeks before I was trying to get out of my contract with the hotel and the hotel was trying to hold me to it at that time because they said, there's no way and anything's going to shut down. This is just a little thing. It's not a big deal. <laughs> we all know that's not right. But at the same time, I was also putting out my first book, my first book, Influencer Entrepreneurs, which is building your audience, growing your business and making more money online um, came out and we were supposed to do a press and go and do all the things with the book and the book launch and everything. We pivoted quickly. We turned the conference within two weeks, got turned to an online summit that we were able to do online. Um, and we also launched the book virtually. I did a book tour virtually. So finding those ways in which you can still pivot and grow with what's being out offered out there. Um, and honestly, my book really walks you through that. It is that four-part framework that shows you exactly how you can build your business online in order to make more money for you and your family. That's good. Well, I have enjoyed this so much. You have um, done a great service to us because you have pointed out why I think you are so successful and what you're doing right with sales. And I just appreciate you so much. How can my listeners find you and locate all the information? 
Yes. Well, since they're podcast listeners, if you search Jenny Melrose, I will come up in your favorite podcasting app. I have had my podcast now for five years. So there is a lot of content out there. Um, it's also called Influencer Entrepreneurs. And then if you have any questions about anything I said, or you have questions about social media, content marketing, whatever it might be, send me a message on Instagram. Just send me a DM. My Instagram is at Jenny underscore Melrose. Um, that is the fastest place to get in contact with me. It is me that is in there. It's the one place that it's always still me. I will not let any of my team take over Instagram because I like having a con direct connection with my audience, um, able to answer their questions and just move them forward. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. So there you have it. That was my interview with Jenny Melrose. Like I said, Jenny does a whole lot of things right when it comes to sales, but I just wanted to highlight a few of those that stand out for me. The first thing is that she knows how important it is to narrow your audience. You can't talk to everybody with success, uh, but just knowing who it is that you can help will get you started. Next, she is very comfortable getting no's because she realizes the more no's you get, the closer you are to a yes. Next, she is persistent, but she is always there to be helpful and to share relevant new information. So if she sees how what she has to offer is going to help her prospect or her clients, then she is happy to share some information about what it's in, what's in it for them. And that is important when it comes to sales. You really need to know what difference your product or service is going to make for your prospect. And she's always helpful. And I, I think that's probably that teaching background that comes out. But she's ready to educate you about why you need to look at whatever she has to offer. And lastly, Jenny is really driven and she always inspires me to work a little harder, to be optimistic about what I'm doing. She has an energy about her that is um, just infectious and I love that. And I think you need to be excited about the products and services that you have to offer because your clients, your prospects will see that and it will come through loud and clear that you're excited about it and you see something that it would do for them. And that's always important in sales. So thank you so much for listening. I know you enjoyed the interview with Jenny. She is always just a wealth of knowledge and energy. And she, after all, is all about sales done right. So thanks so much. Have a great week. Reach out to me if I can help you.